Then shall he also say unto them on his left hand, The goats, the foolish virgins, and the slothful and wicked servants, depart from me. This is the same expression used by him to preachers of the word and professors of religion that are mere nominal ones in Matthew 7.23. I suggest you read that scripture. And such are intended here who profess to be on Christ's side, who had been in his visible church and hoped to have been with him forever, but having nothing but the lamp of a profession and some external works to trust to. They are told to be gone from him. They are banished from his presence, which is what is commonly called the punishment of loss, the loss of the presence of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are cursed, Scripture says, for having sin against God and his righteous law. They are cursed by it, which curses everyone that is under its works, as these were, and do not perfectly fulfill whatsoever it requires. And so were justly rejected of God and hated by him, and therefore are condemned and sent to everlasting fire. That's Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil Parks, and it's good to be here with you. Well, we've really been on an interesting trip for the last six months. The passion of Christ in Matthew 25 is, I feel, maybe the most important of scriptures in the Bible. I refer to it because of the outcome toward heaven and hell. There is such a need here for understanding. Look what Hosea 4, 6 says. I will destroy my people because they are ignorant. You have refused to learn, the Bible says, so I will refuse to let you be my priests. You have forgotten the teachings of your God, so I will forget your children. First John 3.17 says, But whoever has the world's goods, or adequate resources, you might say, and sees his brother in need, but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Well, you see, love to our brothers and sisters, which is the second great commandment, by the way, of, filling, of fulfilling the law, and an excellent preparative or preparatory for the world of everlasting love. We must give proof of this 
love by our readiness to do good and to communicate. Good wishes are but mockeries without good works. But those that don't have resources to give must show the same character character, excuse me, in some other way. Look what uh, James says in chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. James says, What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No. A mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. Verse 15, If a brother or sister is without adequate clothing and lacks enough food for each day, and one of you says to them, Go in peace with my blessings. Keep warm and feed yourselves but he or she does not give them the necessities for the body, what good does that do? In verse 17, so too, so too, faith, if it does not have works, to back it up by itself is dead. It's inoperative and ineffective. You see, everything here that we're talking about is only understood, listen closely, if the child of God can comprehend that they are no longer their own. You see, the cost paid at Calvary when Jesus became sin, big understanding, he paid the price that we could not pay. We were slaves to sin, and he, Jesus, took our sin and absorbed it into himself as to become sin. That, on Judgment Day, we were and are acquitted, as if we had never sinned. My friends, that is good news. So the whole point is that everything belongs to him. The money we have, the house we have, the car we drive, and our children. It's all his. We are to give, give, and give as the Holy Spirit leads. What are we hearing God say here? In this parable, with the sheep and the goats, is that sheep are reliant on their shepherd. But the independent goats, they like the idea of the shepherd thing and the heaven deal, but with a, we'll call you God when we need you, attitude. You see, we're talking about two different animals here. Sheep, for the most part, concede to the need of a protector, a provider, and they love it that way. But for Mr. Billy, as in goats, 
He spouts, I got it, I'll find it, and I'll eat it. <laughs> Look what Psalm 23 says, is the, and I think it is the best known and most beloved psalm in all the psalms. Surprisingly, it casts humanity as a sheep or very ignorant and stupid, helpless sheep. But the long-lasting appeal of Psalm 23 is a direct result of that casting because the imagery is both soothing and user-friendly. Now, in John 10, 11, Jesus makes a bold claim, claim here. He declares that he is the good shepherd. Now, immediately his disciples detected the significance of Psalm 23 in his words. Those of us who follow Jesus today come to know him as the gentle but strong shepherd who guides us through life. If, if we will follow him. The word separation, unfortunately, is the end of the road for the goats. The goat mentality is about self and eating from the tree. Don't miss this. Eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, does that remind you of anybody? Like maybe Mr. Adam and Mrs. Eve? Now, with that said, I would submit to you that the answer for anyone seeking to be a follower of Jesus Christ is to take up your cross, die daily, develop an appetite, appetite for truth by seeking him with all your heart, mind, and soul. Now, with all of that said, growth and maturity in our lives is paramount. Look how the writer of Hebrews explains it in chapter 5. Verse 7 says, When Jesus was on the earth, like a man of flesh and blood, he offered up prayers and pleas, groaning and tears to the one who could save him from death. Verse 11 says, I have a lot more to say about this. This is uh, Hebrews 5. I have a lot more to say about this, but it may be hard for you to follow since you've become dull in your understanding. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet I feel like you want me to reteach you the most basic things that God wants you to know. You see, it's almost like you're a baby again, coddled at your mother's breast, nursing, not ready for solid food. No one who lives, I can tell you, 
no one who lives on milk alone can know the ins and outs of what it means to be righteous and pursue justice. That's because he is only a baby. But solid food is for those who are mature, for those who have learned through practice to distinguish, get this, to distinguish good and evil. Verse 20 says, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? That's James 2.20. My friends, Jesus in Matthew 25 is telling his disciples about the ten virgins and the three servants And he wraps it up with judgment using the sheep and the goats as the consequence for the foolish and worthless people who call themselves followers of Christ but are professors in speech only. So here's the question today. Do you understand what Jesus is conveying to us as followers of him and the proof that is in our witness requirement? Let me say it again. Do you understand what Jesus is conveying to us in Scripture as followers of him and the proof that is in our witness requirement. Well, we give God the glory for all who study his word with hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that'll do it for today, folks. I hope you're here next week. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for each and every listener today. Father God, this is your word, and it's coming, and we, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. Lord, I just lift up these listeners that they would hear your word, they would read your word, they would eat your word for their spiritual needs that they would become righteous as they move towards you in an intimate way, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I just lift them up, Father God, and I praise you that they're here listening today. We give you the praise for every breath that we breathe, and we do this In the name above all names, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Until next time, I'm Neil Parks.